I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurer agent myhealthpolicy.com it's a beautiful morning the birds are chirping the sun is shining and you're listening to next up some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment what the I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. <laughs> That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans, and the Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hi, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector wands, and when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the air guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cut on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Have you missed me? Huh? I know there's the Don Tony and Kevin Castle show I know there's DTKC show Extra on Patreon, there's Breakfast Soup on Patreon. Hell, there's even a history show, which is basically just recapping. But what about yours truly, uninterrupted, or should I do my Macho Man voice? Uninterrupted, uncooked, uncensored, yeah. See, I can't do a fucking Macho Man impersonation when I think about it in advance or if I'm not taking a dump. And I know I've said that before. How many of you out there taking a dump and you force it out? And for some reason, it sounds like Macho Man. You're just on the bowl, a little bit constipated. You know, the, the feces is too hard, almost like a rock. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how I feel when I take a hard dump, but. Anyway, what's up, everyone? Breakfast with Blossie is back. I am Don Tony. It is February 28, 2019. I can't believe we're already through February. Jesus Christ. I'm going to do my best to do Breakfast with Blossie on a more... What am I talking about? I took a month off. It's not like it's been years. Ugh. Been off for a month doing this show. And quite honestly, I know the reason why, and I, I could blame it on health issues and blah, 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 blah. The truth is, you know, when you do all of these other shows, I'm not going to talk just for the sake of talking. And I don't like rehashing topics we already discussed. 
So on particular Wednesdays, when it was time to do Breakfast with Blasi the last two times, I looked at the topics and I'm like, man, should I just do a 20-minute show? And I'm like, eh, I'll just save it for Monday. And that's what happened. And I don't want to get into that fucking habit because you know me, it's balls out or nothing at all. So we're back. And I got to be honest with you, after doing a show Monday, after doing a show Tuesday, and now doing Breakfast with Blasi, there isn't a plethora of topics to get into. This is going to be more of a discussion, but I'm going to get into a few things that I think are important. I definitely got to give some props to AEW because they issued a press release about something that I really liked. I know it doesn't apply for a majority of you out there, but when I get into it, I know you, a lot of you out there are going to just sit back and say, wait a minute. You mean to tell me WWE has never done this? You mean to tell me they haven't worked stuff out with the arenas? Especially when you realize it is a goddamn tax deduction and it's great PR. And they didn't ever do what I'm going to get into a little bit later. But I want to open up with Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. Now, if you heard DTKC show extra this past Tuesday, right after SmackDown aired, we had a discussion about Becky Lynch. I'd say maybe 10 minutes into the show, those mug shots were released online. And my spur of the moment reaction to it was, number one, you know WWE's going to put it on a shirt. And sure enough, they're, it's already on a shirt. It's already on sale. The second thing is, is that these photos looked ridiculously lazy. And what do I mean by that? It looked like not only did they take the pictures in the back of the arena, but it looked like the fucking black and white photos that you pay $3 for at a goddamn carnival or at a bowling alley. You know, when you shove yourself into the booth with like your significant other, if you're lucky to be on a date, or if you're with your buddies and you all cram into the booth and you throw $3 in and you all take these goofy looking photos, that's what it looked like. A billion dollar fucking entertainment company and you're that lazy to put fictitious numbers underneath the fucking Atlanta, Georgia PD? You mean to tell me you're that lazy not to put numbers in the back of Becky Lynch, which is supposed to show her height? You just have... I mean... WWE, um, look, anybody that is a regular listener knows this already. And I always have to preface with this because I do understand that casual listeners that don't listen to our show on a regular basis, they don't hear week in and week out that I am just praising Becky Lynch. She first came into the company. I couldn't understand half the fucking shit she was saying. That's different. That's years and years and years ago. But going back to last year, Mish and I were right up here way before she she got this tremendous the man push that we wanted her to get her due. So we are tremendous fans of Becky Lynch. This mugshot thing was a mistake because it looks cheap. And it, not only does it look cheap and lazy, but when you have Becky really trying to sell this on her page, it looks ridiculous. It's backfiring. Because there's a difference, and look, I know a lot of people out there are comparing her to Stone Cold, which is totally unfair. But when you're supposed to be this renegade, suspended, going through the arena, going through the crowd, hitting people with crutches, you know, just pushing security aside, you know, just rebel, and then you give this aura that you take fake pictures of yourself being arrested in the back? Is that something Austin would have done? Is that something that any fucking mainstream renegade person in a feud would have done? That's how it's coming across online. And Ronda Rousey is not helping. This storyline is going bad, and it's going bad quickly. And I will tell you why. The one thing about wrestling and sports entertainment when you blur the line between reality and entertainment, that's when pro wrestling is at its finest. But it is a very fine line. It isn't you go way over it or way under it. Way under it is suspension. All right, what, what about the things when Kane fucking fell off a cliff on in fire and, and just some, some really outrageously hokey shit? That's way 
over the top, but you can't even believe it. Then you go way opposite, like WCW towards the end of its era when they would go on TV and say, this is not part of the script. This wasn't supposed to happen. And you're basically revealing that this is predetermined, but that wasn't. We're not that dumb. And I am a huge fan of Ronda Rousey. When everybody said last year that Becky Lynch was the wrestler of the year, and I pointed out that she had three matches after her injury and after her momentum started, you don't become wrestler of the year for three matches. Ronda Rousey, from her debut at WrestleMania last year to the end of last year, just went over and beyond anyone would have ever expected And she took the brutal beating from Charlotte, just one after the other. She, without a doubt, was the female wrestler of the year for 2018. And I like that she's got an attitude. I like that she's intimidating. Yes, I think Ronda Rousey could beat the fuck out of me. But it's getting a little bit too over the top online. And we've talked about this before. There is nothing wrong with wrestlers and, and whether it's impact wrestling, WWE, wherever, there's nothing wrong with wrestlers portraying a feud amongst one another on social media. You have to be careful though, because when you take social media and you try to turn it into an entertainment platform to, to like reenact a movie or the further a movie or a storyline, you know, it's not really what social media is intended to be. But you know what? With WWE, with Impact and Wells, we allow it. But when it gets to the point that you're trying to be too real, it, it backfires. And case in point, All right. Becky Lynch, she posts on her website that, you know, the mugshots. All right. And what does Ronda Rousey do? She responds back and she says, you're hobbling around trying to be a ginger crutch ninja, taking fake prison photos in the hallway isn't helping. All right. So now Ronda Rousey is letting the cat out of the bag that the photos are fake. Of course, we know she didn't get arrested. But you're not supposed to have to spell out those details. I'm watching wrestling news websites the last two days, actually reporting articles. Did Becky Lynch really get arrested? Just take a step back and think about that for a minute. A wrestling news site. Even thinking, I got to put an article up because some people may think that she really got arrested. Are you fucking kidding me? Could you imagine if these fucking little virgins were around when the NWO first invaded WCW? My fucking God, when they fucking put Rey Mysterio and shot him like a dart into the side of that, that fucking trailer and they're beating everybody, you know, it was awesome. When residents called the cops thinking there were real fights going on. Yeah, if you want to report how residents bought what was happening, that's news. But when you fall for it, or you try to report it as news, thinking that, hey, maybe others fell for it, you fell for it. The fuck are you even doing that for? But that wasn't even the tweet where it had the problem. After Ronda Rousey writes what she writes because Rhonda used the word fake. All right. That triggered a lot of people, fake prison photos. All right. We know it's fake, but how dare Rhonda actually show everybody it's fake. Well, yeah, that is a little bit of a problem, but here's where it goes further. Becky Lynch responds. And I quote, keep that F word out of your mouth and concentrate on getting better at this business instead of trying to remain above it. Looking forward to seeing you real soon. Everyone, this is an entertainment company, a billion-dollar company. I say this a thousand times because it needs to be mentioned a thousand and one times. Do you think any professional publicly traded company, even a private company, is going to allow their employees threaten each other, curse each other out, you know, just 
say horrible shit about each other on social media in public? Are you fucking kidding me? So if everyone out there that thinks there's this legit tension in this, this, and that, then you just, you have to take it to another level. Hey, WWE, how come you're not reeling in your employees? How come you let, oh no, we're an entertainment company. Let them really fucking want to kill each other. Blah, 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 blah. Now think about that logic for a minute. Oh, Rondi and Becky, they really, really hate each other. So so what what's the payoff here? They may actually shoot in the ring. And what happens when they don't? So after Becky's tweet, Rhonda responds with F word. You mean fake? Fake like your nonsensical bullshit on bar that doesn't even work and looks like you're just holding the dick you wish you had. That's what Ronda Rousey said. And this goes back and forth, back and forth. And the final nail in the coffin, in my opinion, was this tweet that Ronda Rousey sent two hours ago. And don't be surprised if some of this gets deleted. Ronda Rousey says, and I quote, Rebecca Quinn, I don't care what the script says. I'm beating the living shit out of you the next time I see you. Again, the fine line between entertainment and reality is a very thin line to walk across. Anybody in their right mind who thinks that Ronda Rousey is legitimately going to beat the shit out of Rebecca Quinn needs to get their head examined. And they're trying to make this too real online. It's starting to backfire. Again, we want to see Ronda versus Becky at Mania. But to try to push this narrative that they hate each other to the point where Ronda Rousey is publicly saying, I don't care what the script says, this storyline is going to shit very, very fast. Becky Lynch, I still think that she is the most popular female in WWE. Somebody quickly in WWE creative needs to address this problem because this over-the-top threatening in reality, look, me as a man and liking entertainment and controversy and con- you know confrontation, yeah, I, I, I find it pretty enjoyable. But as a wrestling fan, when I see this over-the-top going the extra mile to give the suspension of disbelief that you hate each other to the point that fuck the script, I'm legitimately going to beat the shit. And when you don't, what is that going to do? When they, I'm going to use the word because Ronda Rousey used it twice. When, When they throw these harsh, explicit threats online and then when they see each other, they fake wrestle. What is that going to do? I'm telling you, the demographic that's watching this is not just children. There's a lot of adults look on social media. The fucking mugshot photos were pathetic. Becky looks cute in them. I don't blame anybody to buy the shirt, but it's taking away her renegade thing. Would a fucking renegade person take fake photos of themselves? You understand what I'm saying? And when WWE, when she's supposed to be suspended, and WWE on their shop Twitter says, hey, everybody, you want this on a shirt? The storyline is she's suspended. And you fucking, it's, I'm telling you, this is a mess. It's a mess. And I know some of you out there are going to just say, oh, DT, take a step back. It's just entertainment. You're overanalyzing it and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, to a certain extent, I agree with you. But they have a good storyline and they're trying too hard and it's starting to backfire. And for anyone out there that's going to think Ronda Rousey is this crazy loose cannon that WWE can't reel in. Ronda Rousey, you'd think if she is legitimately pissed off at Becky Lynch, you think Becky Lynch really has any shot if Ronda Rousey started legitimately shooting on her? She don't have a fucking chance. 
And I go back to what I said before. Why is WWE allowing their employees to go to this level? Seriously. I mean, just take a step back and think about that. Is there any other entertainment company out there on God's green earth that allows their employees to threaten cars and all? This is just going, they don't know how to walk this very, very fine line. And in my opinion, it's really blowing up. May not blow up in their face entirely because WrestleMania is right around the corner. There's not enough time for it to blow up. But sooner or later, it this stuff is starting to catch up. And I'll tell you why. Because if WWE thinks that this is great, what's going on online between those two, they're going to try to do it with others. You've seen some of the mid-card talents try to start stirring this shit up online. And when everybody does it, when everybody does it, it doesn't feel over the top anymore. And I go back to what I said before. How is a publicly traded billion-dollar company allow employees to physically threaten this and that? Yes, we, you and I know it's entertainment. But when you try to make it too realistic... It backfires. I'm telling you. Some people may not understand what I'm saying at this particular moment, but trust me, in due time, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Anyway, got to give some props to AEW. Um, press release was issued within the last 24 hours. They partnered up with Culture City. And beginning with their Double or Nothing event, May 25th in Las Vegas, Nevada, they're going to be the first ever sensory-inclusive wrestling event. Now, for 95% of us out there, this has nothing to do with us. But what is sensory-inclusive? Plain and simple. There's two different categories this falls under. Sensory-inclusive and sensory-friendly. And what that is, is that you have people out there that are dealing with conditions such as autism, Parkinson's, dementia, PTSD, that want to go to a wrestling event, but can't for various reasons. Think of someone who has PTSD and they're around thousands of people who are yelling and screaming. And in a blink of an eye, they could be just um, just emotionally triggered and have an attack. For you and I that don't suffer from this, you don't understand what they go through. But that's traumatic. And how do you deal with that going to a wrestling event? So if you do a Google search, you will find some aquariums, zoos, maybe one or two sports arenas. They're starting to become sensory inclusive. What that means is that to accommodate those who are battling PTSD and autism, Parkinson's, that want to go to a wrestling event that needs special needs, sensory inclusive means that they are making accommodations in their arenas, in their venues to accommodate those that need the special treatment. A good, a good way of explaining this is handicap access. Every time you get a hotel room, you go to a sporting event, you will find that there will be special access for those who are wheelchair bound. There might be special seating to accommodate a wheelchair. There might be a special ramp for them to enter the building. The, think of that aspect and that is what sensory inclusion is. So when you have inclusion, now this is very important because there's a difference between sensory inclusive and sensory friendly. And I think there might be a little bit of a faux pas on behalf of Culture City. Culture City is a nonprofit. And basically their mission is to, you know, help those venues and everything that want to offer special uh, amen, uh, amenities for those who battle these illnesses that we just talked about. So they're partnering up with AEW, or AEW's partnering up with them. So their double or nothing event is going to be sensory inclusive. So for those out there that can't be around large crowds like that with noise, there will be a certain area in the venue 
where it'll be, it'll be much quieter. For those battling some con- conditions where they need headphones, there'll be headphones available. You will have, a, um, you know, employees. You'll have people that go, staff that go up and down, you know, the, the aisleways. You will have, you know, attendants that will be trained to handle if someone has an attack or something like that. So there's going to be special accommodations to uh, for these individuals and kids who are battling these illnesses. I, I know it doesn't apply to many, but here's where I think there might have been a little bit of a faux pas with the mistake, you know, with them calling it sensory inclusive. What sensory friendly is, is that it's temporary. Sensory friendly is, let's say we're having a gigantic party, a WrestleMania get together, and the bar doesn't have any special accommodations for any of the conditions we just talked about. So DTKC and Soup, we decide we're going to make the, the, the event sensory friendly. We're going to bring headphones. We're going to designate a small area for those who can't be around large groups of people. You know, we may br- bring other items there, which will help them, you know, enjoy the experience, even though they're battling certain illnesses. But once we're out of that bar, the bar is no longer sensory friendly because they'll think those things aren't there permanently. Sensory inclusive means that the bar already made certain accommodations that every time you go there, there is a designated area for those who, who are battling dementia that have to be in a different space. Or You understand what I'm saying? So now their advertising is the first ever wrestling event that's sensory inclusive. The problem is, is that if you notice on the press release is that nowhere do they include the MGM Grand Garden Arena where this event's being held. Now, AEW doesn't own that arena. AEW and Culture City are making amenities and areas available for these special needs um, fans that are going to attend. But MGM, once the event is over, that designated area is no longer sensory inclusive. That might just have regular seating. So I think the press release should really have been sensory friendly because they're not in control of the venue itself. But still, this is a nice little thing to do. I don't care if there's just five people who attend this event that have some special needs. It's a classy thing to do. And yeah, it's good PR as well. And I know what some of you are thinking as I'm saying all of this. How the fuck did WWE not done this before? Now, for all we know, maybe they have. We know that they have special handicapped access for their events, but that's the building and the venue that does that. Think about it. I'm a little surprised that you don't hear, because WWE, you see with Susan G. Coleman, you see what they do with, with a lot of the cancer research and stuff for kids and women and bullying, that you would think just on a strictly PR standpoint, I'm surprised that WWE hasn't capitalized on this a little bit just for the PR. And here's another thing that people need to understand. Culture City is the one that is basically in charge of this. They're going to be training, you know, uh, certain people who are going to be working for AEW to handle, you know, certain staff will be able to handle certain, you know, individuals. They'll be able to provide things. And Culture City has received donations, So if you think about it money-wise, this is not even a large expense for AEW to have. Designating a small area that's maybe quiet for those that are battling certain illnesses and bringing headphones, that's not an extreme cost. And a lot of this is donation-driven. So this is not even a tremendous expense for AEW to have. And any expense that they do have They'll be able to write it off. So kudos for them for doing it. Again, you know, when you take a step back, it's a very, very tiny percentage of fans who are going to attend. Don't get me wrong. There's probably some wrestling events that you may not have anybody that requests this. But it's a nice thing to offer. Now, I'm sure how it works is that when you purchase tickets, There has to be an option somewhere to let 
the um, AEW and the venue know that you're bringing someone who has special needs, PTSD, autism, Parkinson's, that may need to be designated to a special area, that may need certain items. Now, my opinion, I don't have children, and I don't have children who have autism. I don't have relatives who have autism. But I'm just thinking common sense. If I'm a parent and my kid's a wrestling fan and my kid has autism, something tells me that I already have certain items in my house that's special for my child to deal with autism, to deal with Parkinson's. If I have a relative, an older relative who has PTSD or dementia, that can't be around large crowds, but really wants to go to this wrestling event bad, or maybe just wanted to go to a baseball game or go to a, of any venue or any environment, even a wedding reception that maybe you have to, you know, to do some additional. Con- I would think I would have some of these items already on hand. So, you know, I just, I'm just thinking about it that way. So just picture a parent who contacts AEW. Look, I want to go to the event, bringing three people with me, and uh, they, they're battling autism. You know, the chances of me not having some of these items already are slim to none. Now, on the opposite side of it, do I really want to lug these items also? So the fact that AEW and Culture City are going to have these, these items on hand, that's a cool thing. Go to, you know, at AE Wrestling or at Culture Rec, and you could get more details about that. So good for them. Now, as I'm doing this, I'm looking, and the SmackDown rating came out a few minutes ago. And I tell you, I'm a little bit surprised. Now, granted, did you think Batista was going to show up on SmackDown? No. Did you think the Becky storyline with Ronda and Charlotte would have uh, furthered? Absolutely. Now with the road to WrestleMania, since Becky showed up on Raw, what's stopping Ronda from showing up on SmackDown or others to further storylines? And we look at the ratings from SmackDown and it went down almost 140,000 viewers from the week before. That is a disappointment. There is no other way to put it. I'm very surprised. And um, SmackDown was a solid show. We got into the recap on Tuesday. But... I tell you, I'm really happy for Batista because I don't have it in front of me, but somebody earlier took the time to uh, make a list of the YouTube clips that WWE had posted from Monday's Raw just to compare viewers. And compared to the Roman Reigns announcement, which we're all happy, we're all happy for, Batista's YouTube viewer count for that segment with Ric Flair was outdrawing Batista, uh, Roman Reigns' announcement three to one. Batista, as of a few hours ago, had six or seven million views already. And Batista, you know, he's older, but he's still in incredible shape. He could still move. As I discussed on Monday, I'm a little bit concerned who his opponent's going to be at WrestleMania. Of course, we all think immediately Triple H. I just can't help but to think about what went down between DX and Undertaker and Kane? Triple H, he could still go. But, you know, what is it going to be? Another street fight? It almost feels like Triple H matches going forward have to be like no DQs and street fights just to cover up that, you know, maybe he can't go like he used to. And trust me, I know not a lot of people like the fact that Triple H keeps coming back to wrestle at WrestleMania as me. I have no problem with it. I like a little bit of nostalgia as far as matches getting thrown into the bigger events. I think of anybody, if someone really wants to prove the naysayers that they could still go, I think Triple H is probably the one to do it. Batista, you know he could still do it. And the one awesome thing about this time around, he doesn't have the Daniel Bryan yes movement to worry about. The last time he came in, he was eaten up by the Daniel Bryan machine. I was already getting a head start for this week's history show, This Week in Wrestling History. And, you know, it is the anniversary of Daniel Bryan versus Batista on Raw I watched that match again, and the fucking fans just ate up Batista. 
spit him out. Batista handled it like a pro. But you go back and you watch that and you're frustrated because you know what the agenda was. Yes, you wanted Daniel Bryan to get his moment. The fans were behind him. But you kind of felt bad for Batista being the victim of all of this because he was just doing what he was paid to do to come back for, and the fans just weren't having it. So to see him come back and perform, you know, pretty much at the same level, you know, granted with a different opponent, it's going to be good to see this time around him actually get it. And this time around, you know, he's being brought in as a mega heel. Even though, me personally, I don't know. I, do I want Triple H to be the babyface? I'm not too sure about that. Speaking of Batista, there's a little bit of controversy going online, but don't read into it much. And then I want to talk a little bit about Kofi. Um, Batista did an interview over the weekend. He was talking a little bit about The Rock, and there's people that are really trying to blow it up to make it sound like he was shitting on The Rock. Basically, all Batista said was that The Rock is a movie star, but he's not a great actor. I think a lot of you out there understand what Batista was trying to say. You know, they, uh, an actor is, you know, there's a difference between being a movie star and being an actor. And good acting, you know, it leads to Academy Awards. You know, movie star and acting, great acting are two totally different things. And I don't even think Batista considers himself an incredible actor. He is more of an actor than a movie star, even though it's perceived that he's a movie star because of the type of films that he takes roles in. But he wants to work with Academy Award winners where The Rock, it's more like Fast and Furious. You understand what I'm saying? It's That's basically... Um, the difference, but I didn't see any controversy in it, but people want to see people fighting, you know, friction. So, you know, they're twisting this to the way that they want it to be. Now, before I go any further, I want to shout out our new and returning patrons. First, our new associate producers, Chris Harris, Tamina is uh, pocket toy, Mish's favorite. Shout out to you, my friends, Quisted Chaotic, Doug Bernard, John Paul Watson, Kyle Ashenfelder, Amber Davis, Paul Timis III, Marshall Groves, El Harible, Michael Kennedy, and Walter Volani. So thank you for the support as always. And for those in the Chicago area, good friend of the show, John Krauser is going to be returning to Second City. If you live in the Chicago area and you don't know what Second City is, something wrong, man. One of the most famous uh, comedy places to go. John Belushi, one of my favorites growing up, God rest his soul, performed there. John Candy, a lot of famous people got their break at Second City. He's going to be performing on March 16th at 10 p.m. And if you're listening to this and you're a fan of Wrestling Soup, there is a good chance that Mish will be there as well. So you can check out John with Mo Khan, Joe Totolo, Jack Ludwig, Mike Shorten, and Joseph Spangler. And uh, it's cool because some of you actually sent me private messages the last two days bringing up some clips of some of these other comedians I never heard of before. But apparently there's like one or two on this list that are are getting a little bit of momentum. And I want John to be one of them as well. So if you're in around Chicago and you're not doing nothing, go to the show and uh, tell John that uh, DT sent you. March 16th, 10 p.m. You can get all the details on secondcity.com. Some of our associate producers will shout some out now and we'll shout the rest out later. First of all, shout out to uh, Chris Harris, Brandon Davidson, Tygsy Bowers, CM Black, Tom Baffa, Tamina's Pocket Toy once again, John Krauser, Cockboy, Sheffield Mercury, Jacob Eston, Jay Smoody, Virginia George, Michael John Buchanan, Matthew, Joseph Nicoluk, Stell, Rob from Nashville, John Krauser, Tony, Michael Rhino, Bad Boy Nico, Paul Convoy, Daniel Williams, Danes Valdez, and Justin Rebstock. We'll get into more shout-outs in a little bit. Um, and you know what? Special love to John Coffey, John Steck, Mark Redman, and John Miller, and Andrew914. Thank you again. Very, very cool. Big supporter of the show. Goes to all the NXT shows. And you go to NXT, there's usually maybe one or two signs in the in the building. 
And they usually DT signs or DT shirts. And he's not the only one with the DT shirts, but always sit in front row, always getting great tickets. And I saw it this week, and thank you again for the support. Awesome, awesome. Now, Coffee Kingston. I'm amazed at how many people out there think Coffee got screwed out of performing at Fastlane. Now, Tuesday, right after SmackDown, this is fresh off of what had happened with Coffee being taken out of the match in favor of Kevin Owens. I immediately came up on DTKC Show Extra and said, everyone, WWE, just like with Becky Lynch, they're doing the same thing with Coffee Kingston. He is getting a title shot. They are taking the scenic route for both. What they're also doing is they're giving you this subconscious, subliminal feeling that WWE is taking away the opportunity of someone you want to see get a title shot. Becky Lynch, Kofi Kingston. And they're taking it away and they're playing up to your emotions. This way, when they give it back to you, they can say, we gave the WWE Universe what they wanted. You wanted it all along. They just took it away from you and teased you. You know, it's kind of like a like a like a dog or a child. You know, you know you're giving the dog that treat. You know you're giving the kid that cookie, and you put it in front of their face. And when they're about to eat it, you take it away. Ah, ah, ah. You got the little puppy. You take the biscuit here. You know, Rocky, come here. And the dog's about to eat it. Ah, ah, and you put it about ten feet in the air, and the dog is jumping up and down, and you're just scanning his nose right near the biscuit. And you're just teasing and teasing and teasing to the point where the dog is so goddamn frustrated. Dog wants to take a leak on you. That's how pissed off he is or she. And then after all of that frustration, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. Then you finally give it to him. And when they eat it, oh my God, it's just like having an orgasm. The greatest biscuit I ever ate. And that's what WWE's doing. But still, a lot of people online asking questions. You think Coffee will get this? Or what do you think about this? And why would they do that to Coffee? He's the most over right now. Blah, 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 blah. They're not taking away his opportunity. And I agree with a lot of people out there. Coffee having this dejected, sad look, you know, puppy dog eyes. You know, be pissed off, man. Fucking start tearing shit apart. You know, I know it's, you know, love and positivity and pancakes and shit like that, but fucking flip out, man. You got your opportunity, flip out. So now, I mentioned that on Tuesday. I'm going to add something now that I didn't bring up then, just a little additional tidbit. Not saying it's going to happen, but some for you to think about. Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali was supposed to be in the elimination chamber, and he couldn't do it, obviously, because of injury. Now you have Kofi Kingston, who quote-unquote lost his opportunity. What do you think about the idea of giving back not only the opportunity to Kofi, but giving the opportunity to Mustafa Ali? Now, I'm not saying Kofi versus Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, but Notice how nothing is being talked about all that much about Mustafa Ali. And yes, the week of the pay-per-view, he did those fucking camera videos. I'm pissed off, but I'll get another shot and blah, 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 blah. I like Mustafa Ali. But do I think that this guy is championship heavyweight material? No. U.S. title, maybe. 205 Live, absolutely, but that's not happening. And as we've been talking on the Patreon shows... I'm a little concerned about 205 Live's future. And yes, Buddy Murphy is awesome and they have some great talents there. Something tells me 205 Live, you know, just start paying attention to it. Not enough people are tuning in in the WWE Network. I'm wondering if uh, it's going to be scaled back. Not saying it's going to happen. I'm not trying to break news. Just an observation. But you know how my observations are. They usually end up happening. Pay attention to 205 Live. Something is up. And it's not because they let go of TJP and Hideki Itami. No. Or 10. Has nothing to do with that. Because they have tons of wrestlers on 205 Live. Letting those three go 
Really? Is it going to make 205 Live any better or any worse? No. Were they good talents? Absolutely. But they weren't make or break. Still, I'm concerned about 205 Live. But getting back to Mustafa Ali, I like the guy. I think he's great. I am a little confused of him being on SmackDown than 205 Live. I would have rather have seen him have a nice cruiserweight title run on 205 Live and be the focal point for an extended period of time, maybe going even going into WrestleMania. But they brought him to the main roster instead. Fine, no big deal. But do I see him as a possible heavyweight champion right now? No. And Kofi, as much as I like him, and he has been one of the most reliable WWE wrestlers, consistent, likable, stays out of trouble, role model. Absolutely. Do I see him as a heavyweight champion? Let's take a step back for a minute. Forget that he's been there 11 years. Forget that he's black. Forget all of that. I'm just talking about the wrestler himself. Just like with Ray Ray. Forget that Ray Ray was 150 pounds and Mexican and fucking mask or not mask or crew. Just when he when Ray Mysterio won, when he won the Royal Rumble, it was awesome because of how long he was in the match. This was fresh off of Eddie Guerrero passing as well, so it just felt good. It felt right. And when Ray won the heavyweight title and overcame the odds, it was awesome. I'm not gonna lie. But a week or two later, it just felt like, I don't know, man, I just can't, you know, I just don't buy it. And I think a lot of people felt that way. It doesn't mean you're not a fan of Rey Mysterio. It doesn't mean that he's not worthy. It's just some people don't fit certain molds or certain roles. And Kofi Kingston, as much as I like the guy, if he were to win, it would be unexpected. You would obviously whether you're live in in person or you're in your house by yourself doing it subconsciously, we all in unison would say to Kofi Kingston, you deserve it. You've worked your ass off. This is your goal to be a heavyweight champion, that your company puts that much credence into you, whether you're 150 pounds or 350 pounds, But just because you're a loyal, dedicated person in a certain form of entertainment doesn't mean that you should be given. You understand what I'm saying? You give him a Lifetime Achievement Award. You give him the U.S. title. You give him a... I don't know how I would feel with Kofi Kingston being a heavyweight champion because of how he's been utilized all of these years. I loved his feud with Randy Orton. When he fucking threw the paint on the car, that motherfucker had momentum. But... Did you think it was going further than where it was? No. And they reeled back. And quite honestly, I hate to say it, but for longtime listeners, do you remember a couple of years ago when Kofi, right before the Royal Rumble, had got a series of wins on Raw, on television? You could go to, you know, the database online, Internet Wrestling Database, search Kofi Kingston from a couple of years ago. And you'll see that winning streak that he had right before the Rumble. I don't remember if it was two, three, or four years ago. I think it was more like three or four years ago, possibly five. And no, I think it's more like three or four. But um, when he was in the middle of that streak, I remember people, you know, asking like, you know, holy shit, you know, they're going to give him a singles run in a title. And I came up on the shows and I said, everyone... This is just to put a little more credibility when he does a crazy spot at the Royal Rumble. Once the Royal Rumble is over with, there goes the winning streak. People got mad at me. People accused me of being racist. People fucking shit all over me for saying that. And I don't say it based on color. I don't ever judge anybody, no matter who they are in the roster, based on if they're white or black or anything else. It's just perception. And some people got very upset at me for saying that. And what happened? The Royal Rumble came. He did like fucking handstands or landed on a chair or something like that. And it was the most memorable spot in the Royal Rumble. And once the Royal Rumble was over with, there went his winning streak. And although Kofi Kingston is beloved and tremendously over right now, 
I just don't know if WWE is going to pull that trigger and give him a heavyweight title run. It just feels like they're touching on emotions. They're not going to all of a sudden say, my God, look how over he is. We we have to change plans. I just don't feel that. And I'm not trying to get anybody upset, and I'm not trying to, you know, you know, shit on his momentum. I like it. I'm happy. But do I think that he'll have any, you know, title reign with it? I don't know. I'm not feeling that. That spur-of-the-moment title win would be unexpected. We'd all pop. But five minutes later, I think people would be like, okay, now what? You know? I don't know, man. This is just my opinion. But I'm curious to see if Mustafa Ali is factored into this a certain way. And I kind of feel like Kevin Owens being thrown into the mix is similar of what Kevin and I said about a month, month and a half ago when we suggested Charlotte be added to the Ronda Rousey-Becky match at WrestleMania. Now, we haven't played that audio yet for non-patrons. We did that on a patron show. But we did that like four to six weeks ago. And it started leaking out online about what we said. And people like, are you fucking nuts? No, 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 no. Becky Ronda. Becky Ronda. No Charlotte. Becky Ronda. Ronda Becky. No Charlotte. And we gave our reasons why we felt strongly that Charlotte had to be added to the match. Now, I'm not going to get into the reasons here. I'll play that segment maybe on Monday's DTKC show. I promised everyone I would put it online eventually. But it's cool to listen to it now and think back six weeks ago and everything leading up to it seems to be falling into place. Is Kevin Owens that Charlotte for the SmackDown heavyweight title? Not sure yet, but it's nice to see Kevin Owens back and uh, he's in great shape. And I hope to God that that Mr. Imperfect, well, you know what I mean, that idea that they were going to do with him, hopefully that that's been squashed because I don't think it's needed with him. You don't need an over-the-top gimmick like that. Kevin Owens was over. He he He's over. He, you don't need to fuck with something that's not broken. That's why still to this day, people are frustrated with the way that WWE has handled Elias. And, you know, I was talking to a few people online, and uh, one of our listeners, Tom, had brought up you know, about what I had said, that it's easier for Elias to be a heel than a face because when he's a face, he could only really rip on his opponent. When he's a heel, he's got a new person he can rip on every week in the form of a city, in the form of a town, a sports team, whatever it is. And the question was asked, what if Elias could be a face, still rip on the city, but the rival city that he's in? I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all, and I'll tell you the reason why. Because obviously, when you go to certain areas in the United States, when you do sports, for example, all right, Yankees. When I say Yankees and I say number one rival, I think a majority of you out there would immediately say Boston Red Sox, all right? But if I said to you, okay, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, best rival, how many of you out there are going to turn around and say, hmm, Chicago? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't all of a sudden make people have to think almost like social studies lessons to find out who's that rival. You go to fucking San Jose, California, he starts ripping on a you know nearby city that San Jose hates, but we don't know about that. We're all going to be watching that promo and being like, huh? Huh? I don't get it. Are we supposed to cheer? Are we, or is that, is that good or is that bad? No, no, no. WWE has put themselves in a bad situation with Elias. And trust me, it's well-documented. From the night he debuted on the main roster, I have done nothing but sung the praise for Elias. My co-host has reluctantly, reluctantly admitted that when Elias was getting no momentum last year and he was complaining and he thought he was being uh, jobbed out and uh, the momentum was gone and Elias is in a rut, he reluctantly admits to this day that I said, WWE just doesn't want to blow their load. Let WrestleMania come and go. Elias will get his push. 
Everything will be fine, just like I said with Oscar last year. And that's exactly what, what happened. But the problem now is that WWE has realized, and I've touched on this a little bit before, is that with Elias as a baby face, as long as you keep him singing, he has to cut a promo on somebody. And if he's feuding with Baron Corbin, it gets very, very old, very, very quickly to have him for two, three, four, five weeks in a row come out there and sing and say nasty shit about Baron Corbin. It gets old and it gets boring. Not only that, Elias, who is he really feuding with right now? You know, it's a little bit up in the air. So who is he going to be cutting promos on? When he's interrupted, the, the suspension of disbelief is he doesn't know who's going to interrupt him, obviously. So how is he going to sing about someone that he doesn't know is going to interrupt him? So they have put themselves in a corner. They painted themselves in a corner that as long as they continue Elias singing and he's got to criticize something, the only way they can do it on a consistent basis is as a heel. Because every week... He could shit on the town where Roar is being held. And a lot of us can't stand that. Sure, he's still entertaining as fuck. Sure, you know, we still enjoy his work. But a lot of people out there did not like this heel turn. It was out of nowhere. It felt a lot like Braun Strowman. When Strowman had the momentum feuding with Roman Reigns, I'm not finished with you. Then all of a sudden, you know, he's he's one more time and he's do, doing the stuff to appease the fans. And then out of nowhere, just like all of you, I hate Roman Reigns. It's like, what the fuck? Why are you forcing that issue? They tried that with Becky Lynch last year. The crowd organically was behind Becky and they tried so goddamn hard to get Becky to get the fans to turn on her and it didn't work. And they said, okay, let's just... You know, give in. Let's let the fans enjoy it. Let Becky cater to the fans. You saw that little change in her character and how she was talking to the fans. That's all WWE. So with the Elias situation, I think if you're going to turn this guy face again, ultimately they have to stop the music. They have to stop the singing and the guitar. I know a lot of you out there are going to say, no, 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 no. That's the best part of his whole shtick and everything. Well, if he continues doing this, this is what you're going to have until further notice. It's going to be quite hard to be carrying a guitar and a title belt at the same time. Yes, he could wear the belt around his waist and walk to the ring in this snap, but still, one of them has to give. And I think down the line, Elias and the guitar... Yes, he'll still perform it once in a blue moon, but you will, I, and I think sooner than later, you will start seeing Elias come out there and not do musical. You watch. You watch. Shout out to Zach Spunamori, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Maharg, Adam Demoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Switch Babe, Courtney Summers, congrats again, my friend, Chuck Lentz, Billy Taylor, Nico Time. Hassan Hashmi, Brent Webster, Aaron Kloss, Aaron Walker, Out Nahia, Anthony Smith, James Gruesome, Mark Israel, Jeffrey Collins, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Lucio Dalban, Mandingo Chamberlain, Josh Wilson, Jason Pratt, Scott Woodford, CJ Uihara, Cressman, James Deal, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Murray Coombs Jr., Douglas McKay, Anna, I don't give a shit about your kids, Banana, Julian LeBlanc, Landon Rice, Carl Butoy, K. Cheese and Rice, Spider Lewin, The Metaphorizic Fox, Michael Cuomo, Daniel Warren, Brian Byrne, and Rob McCabe. Thank you, as always. They are our associate producers, and them, along with our other patrons, they are the reason why these shows are still free for everyone. By the way, if you are a patron, I put up the poll earlier today that starting Tuesday, do you want all the patron-exclusive live shows? Do you want them to be streamed on Mixler? Or do you want it to stream on the Patreon-only Discord channel? So please, if you get an opportunity, go on our Patreon page and vote. Voting will be accepted until Saturday and majority rules once we know going forward. And like I said, if it, and I'm not trying to influence the vote, but if it ends up that a majority of you out there want the live shows to be streamed only on Discord and no longer on Mixler, then what we'll start doing is when we do pay view recaps on Sunday nights, 
that we will do it on the Discord channel so you don't have to wait for the download. You'll be able to listen live. When we do Breakfast Soup on Wednesdays, pre-recorded, we'll do it on the Discord channel so you'll be able to actually eavesdrop and listen to us live as we're recording. And then down the line, Mish and I, we're going to do video here and there. We're going to also take some calls here and there. So it's going to expand. You know, we're trying to evolve and trying to make you know, what we do, the most interactive with everybody out there. And, uh, you know, just thank you as always for your support. Everyone out there, make sure you check out the Texas Podcast Massacre. Awesome podcast dedicated to horror films from yesteryear. A lot of B movies and crappy movies, but they review it in a very entertaining way. Shoot the Defense for all you soccer fans out there. It's a podcast by soccer fans for soccer fans. Stell is great people. Check him out. You can find them on Twitter at Shoot the Defense. Rock Reviews, another awesome podcast that reviews uh, unique and um, I, I don't want to say, you know, just just very, you know, odd music. You know, a lot of albums and a lot of CDs that you may have never heard of before, even some very popular ones that you just ask yourself, why the fuck did this like sell a million copies? It's very, very unique the way they review it. Find them on YouTube under the name Rocked Reviews. DJ Dells is on YouTube under the name The Sneaker Addict. It's not just a podcast about sneakers. He does a lot of wrestling-related stuff. You could also check out Your Best Bargains, LLC. They have an Amazon and an eBay store. SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling, comic book, and pop culture collectible needs. Elman Shah has a displayed store. He is very creative and artist. And you could actually buy his artwork and you could put it on like these metal frames and put it in your man cave. I bought one. A bunch of our listeners have. You could get his link on our website, dontony.com. And as always, Christ in the Toyverse. He's got a great podcast reviewing a lot of collectibles, wrestling figures, bobbleheads. And um, he reviewed our bobblehead, my bobblehead. So go check that out as well. Other than that, I think we're done. I mean, I'm looking at what's going on in the world of pro wrestling and other than the stuff that I got into, I mean, nothing is really broke in the last 24 hours or so. Um, I will tell you that Roman Reigns is being advertised to wrestle in a match at Fastlane. They are going to have him um, team up. Now, I, I, I noticed the immediate reaction that a lot of people were saying is that, you know, why are they letting him return to the ring so quickly? Well, you don't know how long he's been cleared to return. See, that's the thing. Just because he made the announcement on Monday doesn't mean that he was just notified Monday that he could return. So his return may have been planned for several weeks now. But the the, uh, the match that's being advertised is him teaming up with Seth Rollins, take on Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley in a handicap match. You could see where it's going Dean Ambrose possibly coming back for that one. Yes, when you think back at his storyline from a few months ago, it doesn't sort of make sense. But you know what? Sometimes wrestling doesn't have to be overthunk, if that's even the right word to use. Um, some of the dumbest news reporting that I saw, I read a, a dumb article saying, you know, who made the decision for Roman Reigns to return to TV? You know, who, I mean... Think about that for a minute. Who made the decision? You think WWE would have turned around to Roman Reigns and say, okay, we're going to bring you back to TV. He was the one to obviously be able to tell WWE, yes, I feel like I'm ready to do it. And the doctors have to clear him. So it was the doctors and it was Roman Reigns who was the deciding factor as far as coming back to the ring. So the, I, you know, just some of, I don't, I think some of you are smart enough out there to see that some of these articles you're reading are almost common sense things that we all could put two and two together with, but they decide to turn it into a news article and make it look like that they have scoops, but it's just ridiculous, dumb bullshit if you think about it. But uh, that's pretty much it. So everyone... I hope you enjoyed this edition of Breakfast with Blossy. I am Don Tony, as always. Follow me on Twitter, at Don Tony D. The website, dontony.com. Email me, Don Tony, at dontony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC Show. Make sure 
you check out our Discord channel. It's available for everyone, patrons and non-patrons. It's so interactive. It's amazing how fast that page is blown up. I know we originally launched a Reddit and it really didn't go anywhere. Discord, by all means, is the place now. It's so interactive. There are people on there chatting 24-7. We have exclusive channels for patrons. We're going to be putting content up there. It's only been launched for about two or three weeks. And there's already over a 1,000 people in there. So sign up. It's free. And you can interact with us on a whole new level. So go check that out. You can find a link on my website, dontony.com. Any of the episodes, the recaps, you can find the links there. So... And as always, patreon.com slash Don Tony. Uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, the 28th of February, Kev Castle is doing a podcast later on tonight that'll be posted on Patreon. This weekend, you'll get your next episode of This Week in Wrestling History. Now, your next Breakfast of Blossie will be two weeks from now, which will be March 13th. And uh, just thank you as always for the support. Please um, send some feedback. And uh, it's always welcome and it's always read and it's always uh, appreciated. So everyone be well. I'll talk to you soon. Ciao. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Miracoozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Moon Out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com.